Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to announce that on November 2nd and 3rd, the nonprofit Social Media Summit is coming back. It's all virtual this year and free. The purpose of the summit is to help nonprofits of all sizes build actionable social media marketing and fundraising plans without overwhelm or tech fatigue. And the best part is that many of my nonprofit nation guests are speakers, including Suhaila Wahid, Ria Wong, Kat Murphy from Giving Tuesday, and more. If you want to register, go to jcsocialmarketing.com backslash summit and get your ticket, jcsocialmarketing.com slash summit and join in the fun. Thanks for listening. and welcome to Nonprofit Nation. I'm your host, Julia Campbell, and I'm going to sit down with nonprofit industry experts, fundraisers, marketers, and everyone in between to get real and discuss what it takes to build that movement that you've been dreaming of. I created the Nonprofit Nation podcast to share practical wisdom and strategies to help you confidently find your voice, definitively grow your audience, and effectively build your movement. If you're a nonprofit newbie or an experienced professional who's looking to get more visibility, reach more people, and create even more impact, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome again to another episode of Nonprofit Nation. I'm your host, Julia Campbell. I'm here with my friend from across the pond, Nick Byrne. He's the founder and CEO of GivePanel, a platform that helps over 200 nonprofits manage their Facebook fundraising, something that I know my listeners are very eager to learn more about. Nick has worked in online fundraising since 2005, developing digital fundraising strategies, which have generated over a billion dollars in donations for organizations like UNICEF, Movember, and Greenpeace. And he just told me that GivePanel has helped nonprofits raise $43 million in Facebook challenges, which I know we'll cover today. So welcome, Nick. I'm happy to have you. Oh, thanks, Julia. It's so great to be doing this with you. And yeah, it's been great to you know get to know you over the past couple of years. And uh, finally, we're doing this together, which is awesome. Yes. I was thinking about when we first met. Was it the Nonprofit Technology Conference? Yeah, we did that. And there was something before that. I can't remember. But you know, you you host a great group on Facebook. And I think I was kind of tracking what you were doing and obviously being in the same space. So yeah, it's great. It's great to great to be here on your on your podcast. Let's begin with your story. What led you to work with nonprofits? Yeah. So I mean, I've, as you said in the bio, I've been around for a while. So I got into online marketing in the early days when I was really young, you know, building websites for companies, doing SEO doing email marketing like back in the day. Like this is kind of like last millennium, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. last like pre-2000. Yeah. And then like one thing or another long story, but ended up kind of working in the music industry, mm-hmm. uh, my space time kind of building fan bases for some bands and then fell out with the music industry in a big way and went to kind of uh, work with nonprofits after that. Wow. But basically doing the same thing, right? Like building fan bases, but this yes. time for kind of nonprofits. So that was fun. That was kind of back in 2005. And I've just been doing online online fundraising ever since, really. So Facebook obviously came around. I remember when it kind of first came out and that kind of thing. And then tracked that and, and really 
really started to get deep into Facebook advertising, like in the early days. I've always thought as a digital fundraiser that digital fundraising follows e-commerce trends. So yes. I've kind of, you know, I've always looked at e-commerce ahead. If you want to see what's happening with online fundraising in the next three years, look at what's happening with e-commerce, right? Absolutely. So, oh, I think that's yeah. a really great point. I always encourage people to do that when they're looking at online giving statistics because it seems like such a small percentage, but when in the US at least, but when you look at e-commerce, it really the trends really parallel each other. Right. And so I was like, I was building like iPhone apps like back in the day, like kind of 2010, 11, that mm-hmm. kind of like really first generation stuff. And and then e-commerce started to go mobile and social started to go mobile. And then you could kind of just see the advertising taking off and then advertising. I remember people telling me like Facebook ads will never work for fundraising. <laughs> and uh, I was working a lot with UNICEF at the time globally mm-hmm. and we were tracking stuff and we could see that it was starting to work for emergency fundraising. And, you know, so, so I got into Facebook ads big time, uh, started a accelerator program for nonprofits back in 2016, something mm. like that. And we trained some of the largest nonprofits who spend the most now on Facebook ads. So it really worked out how to scale Facebook ads for fundraising. So the biggest organization in, in the US that spends the most money, they were a client. And, and so we, we ended up spending, you know, multiple, multiple millions of pounds in Facebook ads, but generating a lot of donations for, for organizations. Yeah. So, so really Great. like online marketing guy, Facebook ads guy. And then when Facebook fundraising came out, it was like all of our clients who were doing Facebook ads were like, whoa, we're getting all this money from birthday ads, like mm-hmm. from birthday fundraising. What do we do? And we were like, we jumped on it really. And we started to understand that, you know, the lack of data from Facebook fundraising and stuff like that. And we were, we, we just started working on solutions to help them get more data from Facebook because it's too big an opportunity, right? Like when you have clients that are paying hundreds of dollars to acquire a donor, and then you've already acquired a birthday fundraiser and you don't get the data, it's like, that's painful for an acquisition guy like me. Mm -hmm. So we worked out how to get the data from birthday fundraisers for a really low cost. And so that was the start of GivePanel, really. That's how I got there. I love that idea because the biggest piece of the puzzle here, the biggest challenge that I run into with my clients is obviously we don't want to turn on the donate button. We don't want to turn on Facebook fundraisers because we don't get the data. So that's what I find is so interesting about GivePanel. Can you tell me more about exactly sort of how it works and your philosophy on how you can better acquire donors through Facebook? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think first of all, like around data, the world is changing anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's, there's this thing that like, you know, data isn't fundraising, right? Fundraising is about people and about human beings. So our philosophy is very much a kind of, we call it H to H, right? Like human to human, like fundraising is a human thing. And we work with like cancer charities and we work with like charities that deal with like, you know, some like baby loss, like people losing their babies. Like we deal with charities who are dealing with incredibly emotional things. So to reduce fundraising to data, first of all, for me is a problem or to reduce it to like chat bots or something, right? Like for me, that's like, I don't know, that just misses the point for me. So like, I don't see supporters as data. I see supporters as people you can have a relationship with, right? So the first thing you've got to realize with Facebook is that you can have a relationship with your fundraisers right? Like you can have a relationship with every single fundraiser. So the organizations we work with, they have a relationship with every single Facebook fundraiser. They're able to message them. They're able to communicate with them. And so it's different, right? It's different than what you're used to as a nonprofit. You're used to kind of getting like 
I don't know, a list of postal addresses and then like doing a mail merge and sending them something. This is much more like hand to hand. This is much more like you have to communicate with them mm-hmm. on social media, but like it's relationships still. So, yeah. so that's what we focused on was like, okay, this person has decided to start a birthday fundraiser, which by the way, if your huge listeners thing. have ever done, that's a huge thing. It's a vulnerable yes, thing yes. to do. It's a big decision. You, you're kind of letting everyone in the world know on Facebook that you're supporting this organization. And so we were shocked when we looked at the data that so many of those were new to the organization, right? So you you might be supporting a breast cancer thing, but you weren't on the breast cancer organization's database. You just chose them because they were in the list on Facebook and you were passionate because your mum passed away with breast cancer or something, right? So essentially we're like, the first thing we have to do is form a relationship with those fundraisers. Like you can't just like leave that. You have to you have to reach out to them. You have to say thank you. You have to love them, right? Like, and if we're not doing that as as fundraisers and organizations, then I think there's a brand risk there, right? There's a kind of like, Absolutely. but it's just the right thing to do, right? Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, if you are donating your birthday or any kind of milestone to an organization that you care about, you're putting yourself in this position where you're asking friends and family to support a cause you care about. And all of us fundraisers, we know how hard it is to ask for money. Right. So I always say you should be focusing on these people that are putting themselves out there just the same way if you ran a race and someone was raising money to get into your race or your walk, or if they held a lemonade stand for you, or if they held some kind of fundraiser for you at their school, you would pay attention to them and you would love on them and steward them. Yeah. It's so hard to get them in the first place. Why would you not like work to try and when they've already done the action for you, try and kind of start the, like, you know, appreciate them and then start them on that supporter journey. So we, we really work on, on that and we developed tools that make it a lot because it's pretty hard to do it through Facebook. Like you have to do it quite manually, like Mm -hmm. one by one. And we've developed some tools that just make that experience a lot easier for the nonprofit. And measure kind of like measure the success of it and things like that. And so we found out that like amazingly from this new research that we did that just by messaging a fundraiser, you actually increase their average fundraiser by 23%. Wow. Because they feel supported. Right. So like, and also it legitimizes the fundraiser because it's like, you know, it's got the organization kind of stamp on it then. And so like, that's like 40, like that's about on average, that's about 40 bucks, like $40 for like doing the right thing. Yeah. And like, so it might cost you like 40, like 40 cents to do it in terms of time, but you're getting $40 back. So it's the right thing to do. We say it kind of pays to thank people. It pays to love on people. So it's a no brainer really to do that. Uh, So that's kind of where we started. So that's how we think about fundraising is we're like relationships and not getting, not letting kind of data and CRM systems and stuff get in the way of like, you know, getting back to the basics of fundraising. What I think is so interesting, and you've told me this before, and I've always thought this is one of the most interesting findings is that it's new people that are doing these fundraisers. So these are brand new people coming to your organization. And, you know, what are the two things that nonprofits want more of? They want new donors and they want younger donors. Yeah. And they want income and it's all of this discretionary income that they can do anything they want with. So I really think that's fascinating that the data actually shows that the majority of people starting these kind of birthday fundraisers are brand new to the organization. Yeah. And I think like that's also, as we improve the supporter journey beyond Facebook, which we can talk a little bit about, like that's going to start to get less and less because we're going to work out how to get like 
you know, how to nurture these people to do more stuff. But right now, because it's so early, a lot of them are new. So I think it's like, you know, in 10 years time, you're going to be getting like people that you've already kind of developed that relationship with doing more stuff for you. And so that percentage of new is going to kind of go down. Yeah. Let's talk about the Facebook fundraising benchmarks report that you recently released. People can just go to givepanel.com and get the benchmarks report. So kind of, you know, blow our minds with, with statistics. Like yeah, how so powerful we, and and popular is Facebook fundraising? Yeah, it's it's. I think the first thing to say about the benchmark report, just quickly, is that like there's been other benchmark reports about Facebook, but none of them have enough nonprofits that have been studied. Yes. So you know we we've got a lot of nonprofits on our platform, and, and obviously Facebook have got the most. <laughs> goes without saying, right, they tend right. to just release kind of aggregate statistics about how well Facebook is doing. So we were able to drill down into kind of like you know 160 of our of our clients who were with us last year and the year before and really do some analysis. So, so it's the, there's some other studies that have been done about Facebook fundraising, but I always look at how many organizations have been looked at as like 12 or something, and right. it's like not enough. And it's like, well, I can't really trust that data. So I think it, hopefully it's like a really trustworthy study that we've done. We commissioned an independent consultancy to do the study so that we weren't kind of, you know, sometimes we can kind of like read our own things into it. Otherwise our own right. biases. So yeah, so the the highlights of it, a couple of things. One, Facebook fundraising is growing at 70%. We actually released that stat. And then like the day after Facebook released their 5 billion figure, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what was interesting was that like the growth figure of last year was exactly the same percentage. It was 70%. So we knew that we nailed it. So that really gave us the study credibility, I think. Yeah. So 70, like, like Julia, what other fundraising channel or strategy do you know that is growing 70% a year? I don't. I see. Right, I mean, like, fundraising itself is growing, but not even at that rate. Yeah. Like Tesla is Amazon mm-hmm. and Apple are not even growing 70% a year. Right. Like it, it's really high growth. And so what, what is also interesting is looking at studies like the Blackboard peer-to-peer study, which like includes just standalone kind of platforms, doesn't really include Facebook. Mm-hmm. That actually reduced significantly last year, like wow. by 40%. So what we, so, and they were kind of saying it was maybe to do with COVID, but I think that, that honestly, Facebook fundraising and social fundraising is starting. This is my feeling. Like the date, you got to be careful about like what you read into the data. But yeah. it could be that like social fundraising is disrupting traditional fundraising, right? As more people are doing it on Facebook, they're less likely to leave Facebook and do it mm-hmm. on kind of like a lemonade stand in the desert, like a standalone right. fundraising platform. That's really interesting. I also I agree with that. I think it's completely disrupting traditional fundraising. I think that. Now people are realizing the power that they have and they're realizing that they can make a difference and give money and raise money on the platforms where they live and breathe they, every yeah. single day. So I, I'm on Facebook and a friend puts in a, like a link from another standalone platform, not Facebook. I like have this kind of thing inside. It's like, Oh, I can't be bothered, you know, <laughs> yeah. cause I got to like, but I know the Facebook one is two taps. And so I'm already starting. So I think that's kind of like that, that's a dynamic that will continue to happen. And and Facebook will continue to kind of aggregate fundraising. And that's, some people don't like that, but I don't think it's whether you like it or not. I think it's just the reality. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. the music industry. I went through it with the music industry, right? Mm. Like when iTunes came out and like it disrupted all the record labels. Oh, you can fight it, but you can't. No, win. you've got to get in. So I think charities have to like, nonprofits have to get in and work out how to live in that new kind of paradigm rather than, you know, complain about it. <laughs> like, exactly. It's 
yeah, whether you like it or not, it's kind of happening. So that was a, a good point. So it's growing, growing really fast. I like, I, I ask people, I say like, if you know another fundraising income channel that is growing more than 70%, can you let me know? I think it's the top one. And I don't think it's just because of COVID. I think it's just growing at that rate. Um, I oh, mean, does that include at- Instagram fundraising as well? Or yeah, we can talk um, about that later. If Facebook Maybe. stat did include Instagram fundraising, okay. ours, ours didn't actually. So okay. ours is under underrated. And we just had we just had our first half million dollar Instagram fundraiser from a client. Half a million dollars from Instagram. Okay, yeah, we definitely have talked about that. Okay, cool. So that was the emergency in Palestine in Gaza. Um, oh wow! Yeah, wow. And so it raised it raised uh it raised well it's still going it's still well, going so yes yeah it is but it still going yeah so it was um. Instagram is really starting to be exciting. So this, none of these statistics. Um, okay. Well, let's we keep, let's go back to the benchmarks report. Yeah. So uh, the next thing that we saw, uh, I'm now doing it off the top of my head, but the next thing that we saw is a real shift from birthday to these Facebook challenges. Mm-hmm. So we've been working really hard in the past kind of 18 months to get this new event model kind of working on, on, on Facebook. It was pioneered by a partner of ours in Dublin and we've taken it to kind of the UK and this is the big new thing. And see, what's great, so what's great about Facebook challenges that is different to birthday fundraising is that the birthday funding was great, but you couldn't scale it. You couldn't like grow yes. it. If you were right. going to get like $2,000 from birthday fundraising every month, it was going to stay there. You couldn't really grow it to $10,000 a month, right? Right. So what Facebook challenges are a model where it uses Facebook ads and you use Facebook ads to drive people into a Facebook group to hmm. do something in a kind of community and then start fundraisers. And so we can control the scale of it. So we've been able to kind of like have really big kind of events go on. So for example, like one charity the other day did a dog walking event and it was walk 50 miles in May or April or whatever it was. And they raised $2.8 million. Oh my gosh. So these... So yeah, walk me through this because this is something I think that is starting to take off in the US, but do you yeah. feel like in the UK it's pretty well established? Yeah, a lot of people are doing it. Yeah, we're piloting it with we, we've got about 40, 50 US clients and we're 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 piloting it with them now. Um so it will be a big thing in the US. It's still very early. It's very early, mm. like in, even in the UK, it's still early. Yeah, so it's 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 fantastic because what See, the previous event model, you used to have to take people away from Facebook and get them to sign up this big, long sign-up form. Right. And, you know what I mean? And, and then they'd have to create a fundraiser on some other platform. The great thing about Facebook challenges is, you know, you're using Facebook ads because that's where the audience already is that you can reach. Yeah. And then Facebook groups are like the best way to have online community, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if you were to host an online community right now, like where would you do it? You kind of, well, you already do it. You, you know, you decided do. to do your Facebook group. So like, doesn't really work on another platform, does it? It's not as interactive. There are LinkedIn groups, there are listservs, but yeah. you know, I, I feel like Facebook has made it so easy with the tools to right. really interact with people and to monitor the group and to get some engagement. So you so set what, up a Facebook group. And then of course, like if people are like doing this challenge and you're saying, like, you know, set up a fundraiser for the challenge where better place like you're not going to take them from a Facebook group and send them away to like a standalone platform when they're already in Facebook and it's like two taps to set up a fundraiser. So really what Facebook have done with the three tools, Mm -hmm. Facebook ads, Facebook groups, and Facebook fundraisers is they've unknowingly created the best fundraising platform ever to exist. And so what we did Mm -hmm. was we hack those three things together to create these amazing challenges. And 
There's no like hundred percent free setup cost for the charity, like no technology cost for the charity, right? Like and no fees, um, no fees for the payments. Super easy to set up. You can run small ones. We've had small charities be really happy to raise twenty or thirty thousand dollars. Like light, like for them, organizational changing that amount of money for a very very small charity. Like and then for large charities, we've had had millions. So it works. Whatever size of organization you are, you can try and you know you you can have a go go at making it work because the setup costs are so low. I even had a local charity near me. Where I live in the middle of nowhere, right? And this local youth charity was going to close down during COVID. I had an eight-minute conversation with them. They needed ten thousand pounds, so about fifteen thousand US dollars, to keep open. They did a hundred k in May event, and they raised like ten thousand pounds. And they didn't even spend any money on Facebook ads. They just got wow. people they knew and invited them into a group to do the challenge and got them to set up Facebook fundraisers. And for them, ten thousand dollars is like their entire year's budget, right? Like, yep. so it works. It works really well for small organizations, but then also large organizations can really scale it. Like if you've got a big walk event, you've got whatever, you're going to get much lower acquisition costs through this and much mm-hmm. higher fundraising costs. And then, you know, the difference between those two obviously is a much bigger return, right? For your fundraising. Hey there, I'm interrupting this episode to share an absolutely free training that I created that's getting nonprofits of all sizes, big results. Sure, you've been spending hours on social media, but what can you actually show for it? With all this posting and Instagramming and TikToking, does it really translate into action? In my free training, I'll show you exactly how to take people from passive fans to passionate supporters, and I'll give you specific steps to create social media content that actually converts. Head on over to nonprofitsthatconvert.com. Again, that's nonprofitsthatconvert.com and start building a thriving social media community for your nonprofit right now without a big team, lots of tech overwhelm or getting stuck on the question, what do I do next? Let me show you how it's done. I can't wait to see what you create. So what kind of challenges work? Is it mostly groups of people that are doing an athletic event or what kind of challenges really work well? So, yeah. And so, how, lo- how long so do the challenges run? Well, the best way that we found to do them and the way that's making the most money is like to compress it to a month. So everyone in the group... So, so it's important that you're getting a new group together. You're not just using your existing fundraising group on Facebook. You're getting a new group together fresh for one month. So everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's doing the same challenge. There's that kind of like really like everyone understands it. And it's really simple. It's like run 100K in mm-hmm. May. And so, yeah, we've seen distance challenges work really well. I mean, like so many different things. So the things that were working well were kind of distance challenges like 100 miles, 100K. People want to get fit, but people aren't necessarily mm-hmm. marathon runners, right? Right. And so this is these events are so open to anyone who can who wants to do that, right? Because they can do it in their own way. They don't have to like turn up at a marathon event and kind of try and win a medal, which not many of us are going to do. And so uh, ten thousand steps a day works well. The Fitbit. Um, yeah, Fitbit exactly. <laughs> and then what happened was lockdown happened. <laughs> And we started to test one. So clients started, and our clients innovate, right? Like they come up with the, the ideas and, and we've yes. got amazing agency partners yes. that do it too. But like things that worked were like press-ups. So 100 press-ups a day challenges. Nice. Um, so 3,000 press-ups in a month. Squats. Squats yep. have been really successful. So 3,000 squats a day. And they wow. all have different kind of, 
you know, when the communities come together and do it together in all in one group, it's kind of like a big sports team and they do it together and they're, they're raising money together and doing the physical challenge together. The communities are really special. There's a really special thing that happens in the groups that you kind of don't, you don't get when you're like, when you go to a physical event for the day, Yes, it's totally different to have a relationship within a group for an entire month. Right. That's fantastic. And it really helps build that shared identity with the organization because you're feeling like this is something I care about. This is an incentive for me. This is an accountability group for me. This is something fun and social that I'm doing for a month, but I'm also raising money for a cause that I care about. So it's making it fun. It's almost, Hey, you know, fundraising is fun. Wow. Who knew? (laughs) Right. And it's, 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 you said it yourself. It's about to start with, it's about the person and what they want in terms of accountability, fitness, those kind of things. Yeah. And like lots of people want to get fit, right? Like they do. And you know, this is their time to do the challenge. And you have these amazing stories of people losing weight and doing other things that are nothing to do with the charity. But then by the end of it, when you see how much is being raised for the organization, everyone kind of falls in love with the organization by the end of it. And we tend to kind of like say to say to charities, like send out a t-shirt to everyone that's fundraising, you know? So by the end of it, you have all of these social media posts out there in the world, not even nothing to do with the group about people just absolutely loving on the organization and the experience that they've had. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fascinating thing to see. And like, some organizations are really good at this kind of thing anyway. So when they get these kind of like the fact that they can do it on Facebook in this way, they really kind of run with it. And it's amazing to see they send out medals to everyone at the end. They do everything. And then we've seen some really interesting non-fitness ones as well, mm-hmm. like weird skinny dipping ones and uh, <laughs> dance-a-thon ones and like baking ones and giving up stuff for a month. And, oh, I love it. Like, like really you can let your ideas run run wild. But if you wanted to kind of like make sure that you raise some money, I would start with kind of like a, just a long distance event, like a hundred K in a month event. And that's like, you're, you're almost guaranteed to make a, to make a profit on those kind of ones. And the idea is you are creating this community and then you're giving them the tools so they can go create their own Facebook campaigns and raise yeah, they, money for your organization. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the nonprofit in the beginning has to do a little bit of instruction, maybe a Facebook live, maybe a video or a blog yeah, post so, talking about the challenge and how to participate. Yeah. So it's, it's really from the ad. We drive people straight from the ad into the Facebook group. And then in the group, you have to do a lot of work. Like this isn't like, this isn't no work. This managing the community and managing the group is like, you know, takes time. And it takes time sometimes on the evenings and weekends. And, you know, so it, like it does, it does take some effort. But the thing is, like, actually, if you need to do a Facebook Live or some instructional video, you've overcomplicated your hook. Your hook, 100K in May or walk 100K in May, it doesn't need ex- any explanation. Right. But sometimes you see organizations come up with this clever idea that no one can understand. No one can understand And of it. course, like, you're not going to, like, from a Facebook ad, you're not going to understand, like, you know, like honestly, we've seen some crazy, yes. crazy ones that just don't say what it actually is. It's right. like it needs to be very specific. Otherwise, people come in and go, "When do I have to do it? How long do I have to do it for?" You know, they got all these questions. But if you answer all those by just creating something really, really, really simple, so don't miss out. Don't say like "run for refuge." Like that doesn't mean anything. Run, no. wh- run what? Run where? Run how? Join much? Join our May when? fundraiser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's normally the ones that go wrong are like. It's all alliteration, right? It's all clever. Maybe they've hired an agency to come up with like a really clever name, but it doesn't okay. doesn't mean anything to anyone. 
that actually leads me to my next question. You touched on it a little bit. What are some of the other big mistakes that nonprofits make, not even just with challenges, but when attempting to really leverage Facebook fundraisers? Yeah, I, th- I think like the big Uber one is like, oh, you know, Facebook is, is going to like, you know, something's going to happen with Facebook and we're going to lose all our income. And, you know, there's too much risk having everything on Facebook. And then they miss the opportunity that's there. And, you know, we've been doing this long enough, Julia, you know that like things happen in waves, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing lasts forever, but you've got to ride the wave that's happening right now because that's the only wave that you can ride. Like, so you've just got to, you, what you've got to do is, you know, take the plunge, go for it. Nothing's perfect. Make as much headway on Facebook as you can right now, but do it in a way where you're preparing for the future. You're getting as much of that kind of that supporter journeys like that engagement with your, your, your people getting as much data, getting as much things so you can have that relationship beyond Facebook. So we're really big on that kind of beyond Facebook piece. Like, like you use Facebook for acquisition for having this great event, but you get people's information and engage them in such a way that you can have a multi-channel relationship with them. So we kind of, we want the best of Facebook, but we also want the best of like multi-channel. And I think people are like, oh, I have to be one or the other. No, you don't. You can Mm -hmm. like use Facebook for all of the best things, but just because Facebook want to keep people on Facebook and need to, doesn't mean you have to. So we, we are experts at getting like the data for people so that we can engage them on an ongoing basis off Facebook, but people are like, Oh, you know, I think charities sometimes make the mistake as like one or the other. So you they need do. to have a beyond Facebook strategy. I love that idea. That is exactly what I teach in my social media marketing Academy. And so what I teach all my clients is that yes, social media, there's a lot of benefit in building a community, but you do have to have that longer term strategy. And I love the thought of, you know, striking while the iron's hot. Like you have to be there where people are. And that doesn't mean you're going to be doing it forever. And it doesn't mean put all your eggs in that basket. And I agree with you. I think sometimes people think it's an either or situation yeah. where Facebook fundraising is a tool in your toolbox. I mean, it shouldn't replace all of your other fundraising efforts if yeah. they are working for you, you know, yeah. direct mail and multi channel. So I love that philosophy um, that GivePanel has. It's sort of looking longer term and cultivating donors and fundraisers longer term off Facebook. Yeah. And so it's it's minimizing the platform risk where you can, but yes. not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which is that an, ex- an expression? You yes, have? it is. And that's why I see it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, Facebook or no Facebook. And it's like this yes or no thing. And it's like, no, it's like, it, you know, we're experts and we need to be like more subtle than that. We need to understand that like it's yes to Facebook for these things, but no, no for other things. So we, you know, we don't want to keep people on Facebook forever. That's not what give panel is about. What we actually want to do is use Facebook to acquire supporters for you that can be with you forever. And that's comes back to our real understanding and real passion for this human to human relationship thing. And so, yeah, Julia, is Facebook going to be around in 10 years time? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't matter because it's around. It'll be changing. It'll be different. It's around this year. And I want to fundraise in 2021. I don't want to fundraise in 2030. Like my job is to hit my targets this year. It's not necessarily to worry about if it's not going to be that. So it's like, you know. Exactly. It's sort of like when people choose either a CRM or an email platform or a website, you know, do I know if WordPress is going to be around in 10 years? No, but 
what, you know, do I know if this particular platform is going to be around? No, but I'm using it now and I'm leveraging it to the best of my ability. And I will cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah. And when I was getting into Facebook stuff in like 2006, seven kind of thing, everyone was saying Facebook, like it's not, you know, yeah, it's flash in the pan. Not going to be here 10 years time. Well, it's still here. It's still going. So, you know, you ride that wave. Some of those waves you that you, you need to pick up and ride, you don't know how long they're going to last. You don't know if they're going to grow or recede or whatever. You just have to be on them. So yes. like right now you want to be like, you want to be surfing the Facebook wave fully right now. You also want to be paddling out to catch the TikTok wave, but you don't want to be like surfing the TikTok wave like it's 2021. Like you're not going to raise like lots of money on, on TikTok right now, but you need to kind of like be preparing for that. Your eye on the horizon. Yeah. So you need to be like, you need to be smart about where you're fundraising today. Today it's Facebook. I and love that. Why, yeah. That's why we, and, and actually it's not, it's today is Facebook, but it's very soon going to be Instagram. Right. Yes. So we are like seeing that Instagram wave coming and preparing for that as well. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, so we are almost out of time. I think we are out of time, but that's gosh, okay. This goes so quick. It does go so quick. Well, it's something we both love and we both are really passionate about. There's so many myths and misconceptions and there's just so much, I think, bad information out there. But yeah. the philosophy, what I've uh, always uh, loved you know, about you, you know, and, and Give Panel and Harry and everyone there is just the philosophy of that, you know, don't get stressed out, just do it. Just turn these tools on, get to know them. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not going to replace everything. And I love that idea of have your eye on the next wave, have your eye on the horizon, ride this wave, but have your eye on the next one, because we have to do that. If we're going to be modern nonprofits, we just have to do that. Totally, Yeah. Yeah. You've got to ride the wave and sort of have your eye out for the next one, but don't forget to ride this one. And I think, you know, there is a lot of what I call FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yes. There's a lot of FUD around Facebook and some of it's true and some of it's not true. And like a lot of the, lot of the things that aren't true are wrapped in kind of semi-truths and it's kind of like really hard to understand. But a lot of the time when there's FUD around something, it's because it's working really well. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And so I think, you know, you've got to kind of cut through some of that, that FUD. And that's our job. It's our job, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. And um, yeah, super, super, su- super interesting. Yay. Well, Okay. So give panel has so many fantastic resources and you have a fabulous blog that I always read a great email newsletter. So how else can people find you get in touch? Yeah, sure. I mean, they can, I, I would love talking to anyone in the nonprofit sector. So anyone, I always give out my email address personally. So I'm really happy. Like again, human to human, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that. So um, yes. it's just nick at givepanel.com and I answer all those emails personally. And so yeah, get, get in touch there. Give panel, as you said, givepanel.com forward slash blog. We've got a ton of resources that we keep putting out trying to you know give back to the sector. And then you can just book a, a demo with our team if you're interested in what GivePanel can do the tools that can help with, with, with things like Facebook and Instagram fundraising, uh, just j- jump on a free demo and, and see, see it in action. Yes. Uh, and you're working with many more organizations in the U S so yeah. that's really exciting to see. Yeah. We've like grown. We're nearly, I think you said 200 in your, in your thing and we're nearly at three. So <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, Gotta update your bio. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Things are moving quickly, but it's, yeah, it's really, I mean, that's still nothing compared to the thousands of nonprofits, right. They're on Facebook, but we're helping one at a time and that's, that's, that's yeah. cool for us. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Nick. Hopefully we can see each other in person some point soon. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. 
there. I wanted to say thank you for tuning into my show and for listening all the way to the end. If you really enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and you'll get new episodes downloaded as soon as they come out. I would love if you left me a rating or a review because this tells other people that my podcast is worth listening to. And then me and my guests can reach even more earbuds and create even more impact. So that's pretty much it. I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. But until then, you can find me on Instagram at juliacampbell77. Keep changing the world, you nonprofit unicorn. Thank you.